May all that is unforgiven in you be released. May your fears yield their deepest tranquillities. May all that is unlived in you blossom into a future graced with love. John O'Donoghue. That was the lulling voice of Kirsty Mack. And this is <laughs> this is Jim McNeish here. Um, and uh, we're talking a little bit about change. How are you, Kirsty? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, this change question has been yeah. um, has been in my my head a little bit. Um, Any change been happening for you, Jim? <laughs> there's been a wee bit. Ah, there's been the, there there's has. something going on uh, out there. Feeling in your waters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a wee bit of something. Um, but I was reflecting on the question last night, and I was thinking, I don't really feel like I've experienced much change like I know it's happened and I can look at myself in the mirror and I I do not look like I used to look um but I'd really got to which is since my mom and dad died everything else has been of a lower order of change uh the Portuguese say that a man is born twice once when his mom brings him into the world and twice when his dad dies and um, I really got that. And so things like giving up Cantal, moving to Edinburgh, the PhD, the Shiring, Quake, they all feel kind of manageable. You know, mm-hmm. like they all feel like um, it was, they haven't hooked me. It's been everyday living. Uh, you know, I can see the change cognitively, but I haven't really gone through much in the way of a loop. And so it knocked me for a six when I really plummeted with the disbanding of Quake. And the reason I think I did that was because it felt a little bit like a death. Mm. And so therefore it took me back. But I feel like having gone through that again, I, I was able to do the learning on it and stay really present to how I was feeling and what was happening inside of me. And I feel like I've now moved to a different level of, of how I am in the world, a different level of care and concern, um, a different level of courage about being prepared to take things on. So yeah, that's a lot of deep thought that went through me about change in the last little while. What about you, Kirsty? Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, we are in, a, a, de- a palpable amount of change right now. Um, you know, there's that quote, is it is like change is the only constant in 2020, we'll add now. Um, it is, I, I, I think, you know, throughout these sort of podcasts and the conversations we've had, you know, where I'm hopeful. This is probably the greatest amount of change in my lifetime. And it's global and it's... Um, is insightful from a humanity perspective. The constructs around us are changing. Mm-hmm. Everything is changing. Society, uh, family, lifestyle, business, um, how we socialize, it, everything is changing. And it's got so so many con so many contexts and so many um changes and constructs. And and so it, you know it's I was speaking to my friend Simon, I think last week. And I checked in with him at the start of COVID change and made sure everything was well and family was well. And I hadn't had a, a sort of full on conversation with him. And we we're chatting on the phone and we we're talking about, you know, all that you do 
yeah, it's weird, face mask. Blah. And I said, you know what's even weirder? He says, what? I said, this isn't weird. We're 11 mm. weeks in now. And everything that we're talking about, like I'm hearing myself say it's weird, right? But it's but no, no longer. No, no, it's it. This is it. This Just is this. It. Yeah, this is, you know, and, and so that was <laughs> weird. Um, and, and so, you know, some things are going to go back to normal. We'll, we'll be in a traffic jam again, right? Great. Awesome. We'll, so th- some things will go back to normal and that'll be comforting, weirdly. Some things have become normal, you know, the yeah. majority of people are now getting their groceries delivered and, you know, we're working from home. So I'm, Billy's now in the office, you know, and so this is, this is work. This is, this is business. This is in the home, you know, yes. but there'll be some things that still feel weird. Wearing a mask still feels weird. Mm-hmm. Having to communicate with people whilst wearing a mask feels weird, you know, and to show that empathy. And so, you know, I think there's going to be different levels of, okay, well, that is no longer weird because that's just how it is. But mm-hmm. There's other things that just feel bizarre. And and so, yeah, it's recognising all of those different levels, um, you know, and we're going through change again because I was talking about the other day about FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. No one had FOMO because there was no freaking party. <laughs> no, there, was right. there was nothing. Whereas now it's creeping back in. Oh, is it? Yeah, people are like, you know, like, well, even just if you think English-Scottish split, oh, so England stores are now opening. Ours aren't opening. It's just like, and it's just like, you know, some people are like, oh, my God, I can't get to Primark. Well, you know, you'll survive. Yes. There is that. There's elements of that. But it kind of, it does fit with previous conversations, Jim, in in terms of the spiral, doesn't it, in terms of the different levels of consciousness. It really does. I mean, so, you know, businesses have these models, whether it's the Kubler-Ross grief change curve, McKinsey's change model, nudge, government's quite big on that, behavioural insights, Ewing's transform app. Like the, the, we have our models for how change happens and the spiral dynamics offers us that too. Um, it's a model for change, you know, life condition changes and then our psychology has to change to adapt to it. And boy, has life condition changed. Yep. <laughs> and so therefore there is an adaptation. There's new life conditions that we are having to adapt to. And, you know, in summary, we have these eight levels of consciousness. We talk about beige just way back in the when where it was just about passing on your genetic material. So your consciousness was just about that. You know, uh, being in a tribe after that, that was the purple and it was about belonging. And then after that, it was about being part of a warring horde, you know, like Alexander the Great or Genghis Khan. And so it was about tooth and nail and dominance. We started to develop that level of consciousness. Then it became about developing kind of democracy and and reason and civilization. Then it became about developing science and breakthrough and and insight. And then it became developing global conscience about workhouse reform and abolitionist slavery. And then we moved into something called second tier thinking where we had the internet and we had to try and hold all the chaos together. And now we're having to try and find a way of working together to integrate everything. And so as, it's, as time has become more and more and more complex, we've had to adapt our thinking. That's spiral dynamics. And represented in this is a kind of flow state um, where we move between turbulence and free flow, turbulence and free flow, back and forward. 
um, into times where it, we're going ahead and we know where we're going and into other times where it's just really chaotic and it's a mess. And Claire Graves spoke about that. He said, look, here's a way of understanding change. Here are five nodes that help you understand the different levels of organizational group, kind of cultural change, talking about change in a big level. He said, there's alpha, which is we're stable, we're balanced, and how we're thinking about the world matches how the world is. Mm. There's beta, and that's where uncertainty starts to creep in. And that's where we start asking the questions, changes knocking on the door. Um, <clears throat> we probably saw ourselves there as we started these podcasts. We mm. saw the change knocking on the door and said, well, let's at least start talking mm. about it to see if we can get our consciousness up to speed with what's happening. And then there's gamma. Gamma is like a descent into this confrontation space where we start banging up against the things in the old culture where our, our minds are changing, we're shifting, we want something else. And we're starting to expose the shadow, the restrictions and the obstacles of our current way of thinking. That's where there are protests and where there are campaigns and where there is that hostility that starts to occur. It's a highly volatile place. Um, and then Delta, which is we break through, something starts to emerge. There is a coalescing of opinion and all of a sudden we're moving in a direction into, fifth one, a new alpha, a new level, a new state, a new way of being with the new world that is harmonic again. And so you've got the two alphas of this kind of stability flow state about them. And then you've got the delta, which has a lot more uh, movement and flow. And then you've got the turbulence, the tension of beta and gamma. The interesting thing is that we can be in different places on that alpha, beta, kind of gamma, delta, uh, alpha movement with different parts of our lives. And so sometimes our health is in one place you know, we're in turmoil about trying to lose weight or something. And our relationships are in alpha. They're very settled. You know, the person, the, the people we're with like us being fat. Um, and so that we're kind of, we're okay with all that. Um, so you can stand in these different places. And, and I look at it from my own business point of view is that I remember gamma incredibly well, where I was confronting core identity issues in myself. And it was a mess and it was ugly and it was... Um, absolutely all over the place and we were at the beginning of this thing and I didn't know what was happening to now I'd say I'm in delta uh, there's something growing here there's something emerging and it's exciting and I'm getting some kind of thought round about it and so the kind of final bit he would put on this the final piece he would bring to this Claire Graves is that this movement depends on which of the levels you're dealing with? Are you dealing with the yellow level? Are you dealing with the blue level? Are you dealing with yeah. the orange level? So for instance, if you're dealing with gamma, this crazy chaotic place, and it's red that you're confronting, you're in a tooth and nail battle. If you're confronting and you're at gamma with blue, you're actually fighting against the system and you're going to get witch hunts. If you're battling against orange, you're going to get double dealing. And you're going to get all of those things kind of like starting to kind of confront with you. Green, it's going to be political correctness. Some people are terrified to go online right now and write an opinion because there are so many organized groups who are trying to head off 
messages which are not on brand and not on the direction they want. And so you can get slated for even just trying to do the right thing by giving what you think is a positive opinion. Because we're in that green, we're challenging some of that green political correctness thing at the moment. Um, so we have this way of looking at change, which is you have the change curve of the alpha, beta, gamma, delta, alpha, in terms of going through that. And then superimposed on that, you have the levels in terms of how you might be experiencing those things. And it's a terrific way of laying out the ter territory for your teams, for other mm -hmm. people, for being able to say, here's where we are and here's where we're going. Um, and like, Kirsty, this is an area that you consult in and actually work with within organizations. Like, how do you notice this change within these levels? You know, what more kind of specificity would you point us to? I think I, I love the using the, the sort of curve of the, of the change indicator that you've spoken about and, and seeing where people stand. And I think it's important that we see where people stand in that. And this fits with the levels, as you say, you know, there's variations of changes. Claire Graves would say, well, it depends actually on what you read. It's either seven changes or, or eight changes. But simply put, you've got horizontal change, which effectively means you're changing within what the levels. So you're changing within a colour for the terminology that we've been using. So there's adjustments. Yeah, there's... So, if, you, so if you're a blue culture and you're very ordered and organised, you're changing, but you're still going to stay ordered and organised. Absolutely. And, you know, if, 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 it's pulp, if it's purple, then you might just add in more rituals and more practice and, and just expand it a little bit, maybe fine tune it a little bit. If you're orange, it may be that you gave perks to your organisation, to people in your organisation, which cannot be fulfilled just now. So you're changing the perks. You're Quite thinking yeah. about, OK, I'll, I'll um, headspace, giving them access to the app so that it's helping them with stress. But it's, so it's still a perk. So it's just fine tuning based on the life conditions. Um, so there's those sort of minor attitudes to sort of the, and uh, minor changes to attitudes, ideas, beliefs. And then there's, there's vertical change. So there's waking up to a new level of thinking. And that's a lot of the conversations that we've been having is that what every conversation we end with is, is what does this mean for leadership? What does this mean in terms of new level of consciousness? What does this mean in terms of what we are facing into? What does this call up in us? What does the life conditions call up in us? What yes. can be emergent? What can we do? And, and so we build on all of the earlier merits of, of all of the other levels. But what, you know, we, we could go back, but we cannot really go back to. So how do we think differently? And so there, there is that notion in spiral that just very simply, you've got the vertical and the horizontal. But there's also the sort of oblique variations that they talk about in terms of interlevel turbulence. So, um, horizontal is, is that fine-tuning. Oblique is like a downward stretch. So you stay in a level, but it also reawakens another level. And I think you can see when a pressing situation has arisen, this is happening. And I think I notice it with the emotions that come through. You might be working with a very entrepreneurial company, so you'd sit with them in the sort of orange space, but perhaps a lot of fear and anger is coming up. So perhaps it could be that there's elements of of red and there's elements of that short-term thinking that's coming through which actually could be required it could be yes. that there needs to be more ritual we've spoken about rituals and collectiveness etc before and um, and so you can see that it could be that a reawakening 
um, and even an acceptance of some of those emotions are coming yes. through from sort of lower levels. Or we stretch up. You know, we can see that if there's been that massive shift in, in our conditions, we, we, we stretch a little bit upwards. Um, and, and so we might so that's is that one about like is that more about like borrowing from a more advanced one so like I, I, we're still going to stay very orange in terms of you know bottom line focused yes but actually if we borrow a little bit of green activity in terms of caring for things and actually being yeah. values led then we become a destination employer to attract the best talent so we, we borrow from it rather than we move up into there yeah absolutely and then you've got the vertical movements. And so, you know, Graves would talk about, you know, some of the titles that are attributed to this are evolution, uh, revolution, and era shifting. <laughs> wow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 2020. Yes. Um, so, you know, you can ha either have this movement up the spiral, yeah, so yes. we can awaken levels of consciousness. We've talked a lot about a different place to stand in that say, first and second tier thinking. And um, you can just have a complete, you know, the life conditions have changed so much as a bit of a blowout. You, you, you can also see multiple movements in different levels, really only seen within the industrial, when there's a, like an era shift. So yes. revolutionary changes. So industrial revolution, the fourth revolution. You know, we're, I don't know what revolution we're on now, but we're creating another one. Um, and so there's, it feels like life has been ripped apart. Yeah. And it is, it is because the life conditions are changing so much that we have to fill the spaces with different ways of thinking in order to deal with it. And, yes. and the constructs of reality are changing. And I think this is where we see emerging leadership. This is where we see some people look like they've been plugged in and upgraded and you're like, hello. You know, they, 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 were, they might not have been given that title. You are the leader. This is what you do. They might not have been given a team, but they've assumed responsibility. They've taken initiative without occupying that role. And I think you see this coming through with that sort of vertical movement. Um, yeah. It, it's huge. I see that. I, I, you see the, you know, the team builds that we're doing now they're asking those questions, who are we now for this new world? And what does that mean we have to do? Like that, that I was in that question yesterday. They, they wanna ask that question. It's like, what does this now mean that we are about? Change is happening, reorganizations and um, working groups, how we do it. And, and what we talked about in one of the earlier modules there, this move from I back to we, back to the collective and then and this kind of, flux of, of moving around people becoming highly impassioned for their views about what needs to happen in the world other people wanting to take a much more pan view about how does this issue fit in with environmental and how does this issue fit in with the financials and want to move and other people say no i want to be i want to be narrow on this i want us to spearhead this and to we need to do something about this now both right yes and yes. and so therefore that real flux of that conversation that says, in all of that, what is the most important way for us to be in the next six months? But then what is the most important way for us to be beyond that if we're committing to a longer term? And it could be that, you know, the hierarchies and the consensus could be gone. I mean, I pray to all sentient beings. 
<laughs> that is actually a situation, you know. Go, it could be that gone are the days when we're just like, well, we're just going to check with so and so, and we'll just bring in another person into the email thread. You're like, oh, great. Well, we make a decision this year. Um, yeah. you know, it could be that, that that staff functions are non-existent. We might not have an HR function. We might not have yes. a finance function. We might not. So there's these self-organized teams could be a thing of the future. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and for leaders, that means that they really are going to have to take time to see how things are genuinely changing in their world. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to look at what level of change is going on, what level, is it era changing stuff? Is it just a, a bit of evolution? Do I need to actually be a little bit more oblique and just borrow from this and borrow from that because we're still a financial entity and we're still moving kind of predominantly with the orange success? Leaders are going to have to be able to take that and um, lead for something. They're going to have to say, look, my leadership now has to mean something and I need to be able to contextualize it to people and I need to lead now for moving my culture and my organization in this direction. It's not okay to just be led. It's actually how do I respond to the various environments that I'm working in and actually communicate that to folks to lead the culture and to lead the consciousness of this organization. And, it, and it's, you know, create a change plan, right? Great, create a change plan, but do the work first. Sit with those questions, you know, sense, sense into the present, sense into the emerging future, sit with that you were doing yesterday with the team is, Ask the questions of yourself, ask the questions of your team, ask the questions of the organization, you know, do the work. Let's not just have a, oh, that's what, that's, that's how we dealt with a pandemic situation. You know, yes. that surface structure, you know, this is about getting in amongst it, creating an emergent plan, encouraging the innovation, building responsive, capable yes. teams. It's about increasing resourcefulness. It's about flexibility for individuals. It's recognized. I was speaking to one person yesterday and he said, the joy that I had that so financial institution um, everyone working from home as is and one person has been working for his team and he was just like the person was really nervous to ask ask a question and, and uh, the person I was speaking to said ask me the question he's like I really I really I know we're, we're living here but I've got more of a, a support function around could be around my family if I moved here. Yes. I know that the organization is here, but I could get more from my money if I moved to this place. My family would feel better emotionally, yes. mentally. And, and so the person I was speaking to, this leader, this wonderful leader said, yeah, do that. We have proven <laughs> that we can work from home. Mm-hmm. We're smashing it out of the park. We are contributing to the organization in a way in which we never thought we would contribute in an isolated yes. fashion. Move for your family. Move your family to a space that is great and well and thriving for you and your mental health. Do that. And he said, there was, he says, I, I can do that. I, I can do that. I can, you know, respond to the needs of an individual. And he's just like, and I, I was like, so let's just sit with that for a moment and, and say, yes. how much of an engagement and loyalty do you have from that person who has since then 
had a look at a house, put the deposit down, is you know, is, and has been accepted. All of the things. And there's a paradox in that, though, too, isn't there? So, you know, on the one side, we need to avoid the gamma. You know, like, if we make too many jumps and decisions, other people who were part of the older system in our organisations will lose their jobs very quickly. And and so people will have a defence that they want to kind of protect. And and if we, if we do become more remote, we're not going to need as much in the way of buildings. And, and so property departments, those type of things, what does that now mean? And of course, there'll be an initial divestment thing, but beyond that. So how do you avoid gamma? How do we avoid not just absolutely assaulting the new balance, but at the same time, paradoxically, trusting the chaos and the living system that we're in to mm-hmm. come up with a new best order? Yeah. The, the abundance that's part of a living system, how we how we work with that, where we avoid the scarcity mentality, where um, we relinquish more control. It's like there's a paradox for a leader to walk now that will require a new level of consciousness, which is to make those beautiful in-the-moment decisions that you just talked about that make sense in terms of where we're going. But to realise if we do too many of those, we might clash up against the old gamma, and if we do that, then we plunge our organizations into dysfunction and anarchy. And we need to navigate our way through that. This next six months to a year is going to be a really interesting time for organizations to walk that line. Yeah. And it's the and, isn't it? Is how do we create that and? And, and so we are, we are in the most prevalent, pre, I can't even speak, the most <laughs> prevalent learning opportunity you know, for, for all of us. And, and let's just not keep it to, well, that's what happened when there was a pandemic. You know, bring that learning through. Sit with those questions. Maybe have more questions than answers. Hold it. Experience it. And embrace it. And do the work. Maybe on the other side of this, There will be a row of city lights. Maybe, just maybe, they will light up the sky and remind us the world is filled with life. We have lost more than we could ever imagine. But now we carry with us a hope that shines as bright as a summer meteor shower and love that holds us steady as the ground beneath our feet. And the more we climb, we're beginning to find just how valuable life is. Morgan Harper Nichols